Welcome back to the Wachusett Wine and Spirits podcast, the podcast where you get to hear what we have to say, but you don't have to look at us. And on this episode, we are celebrating Scotch-tober with not four, but five great single malt scotches that sort of bend the perception a little bit of what people tend to think about when they think about single malt scotch. Uh, typically we think that, you know, single malt scotch is all smoky and they all taste like campfire and these five scotches could not be further from that. They are rich, they are malty, they are loaded with flavor. Uh, just really, this was just a good excuse for us to get to drink some really good whiskey. We're also talking a little bit about the upcoming ballot question number three, which has a great impact on the liquor industry. Uh, we talk a little bit about sometimes the shenanigans that get pulled on us by wholesalers and some of the flaming hoops that we have to jump through to get our hands on you know, some rare, limited, allocated whiskeys. Uh, which is, you know, part of the game uh, on our level, just to kind of give you guys a little bit of an understanding of what happens before it gets to the level where you can even purchase it. And then from there, we're joined by our beer manager, who, by the way, congratulations, just got married recently. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be there. It was a great ceremony. It was a, a fantastic time. So congratulations to him and his new wife. Um, we're joined by Matt, and we're tasting through some beers, some of which are good, some of which are not so good, and you know, some of which are great, including probably the best beer to celebrate Scotch Toba with, Founders Dirty Bastard Scotch Ale. So, if you like all of that, you guys know the drill by now. If you're listening to the podcast, you like what we're doing here. Go to the podcast page, click that follow button, give it a five-star rating, share it out on your social media, uh, let your friends know that we're here, uh, something for you to listen to while you're in the car. Uh, follow on Facebook, we're posting pictures not only of whiskey, but all the new products that are coming into the store, and anything that's happening in the store, whether it's special events, uh, you know, like our grand tasting, which is coming up November 19th, the Saturday before Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, we're getting into the winter months. There'll be some weather issues. So if we're going to be changing any hours, we post all of that up on Facebook. You can also reach out to us through that platform. Follow us on Instagram where Matt is doing a great job constantly just putting up pictures of new beers every single week. And for a complete weekly update of new beer arrivals, follow us as a venue on the Untapped app where Matt is updating the beer menu every single week. We're always bringing in the newest, freshest beers available to us all the time. Um, <clears throat> for anything else, you can reach me at rich at wachusettliquors.com. One other note, we're working on our YouTube page. So, you know, if you want to go back and see some of the older videos, uh, Corey's first days with us, even back before that, before Corey was on the videos with us, uh, we're putting them all up on our YouTube page. So if you go to YouTube, search Wachusett Wine and Spirits, there's a bunch of videos up there. We'll be putting all the new ones up there. And then week by week, I'm starting to add some of the, the better videos from our past collection 
as well. So it's just a, a good spot to catch all the videos without having to scroll back through the Facebook page. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed the episode. And uh, yeah, cheers. All right, here we go. We are about to go. I think we are live. Awesome. Cool, cool, cool. It's Whiskey Wednesday. Welcome, guys. Good afternoon. Uh, Whiskey Wednesday. Spirits Guide coming to you guys live. Massachusetts Wine and Spirits out here in the WB. I am all fired up today. I also feel like this is like the third video in a row that we've shot that I was actually prepared for. Here we and go. I knew what we were doing. Um, streak. Yeah. We took last week off. Uh, kind of had to. Because as much as we love spirits, had to do some human things, family. Um, just had to do some, some stuff at home. It's good to uh, take a break every now and then. Because as much as we love our spirits, humans are more of what it's all about. Um, went to Pompas Brazilian Steakhouse. I don't know what the better deal is. $40 all you can eat or pay by the pound. I don't know that we ate $40 worth of meat, but I... Sure as hell tried. Yeah. <laughs> ah. I feel like if you go in there with the right mindset, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. If you've starved yourself all day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's Whiskey Wednesday. It's the last Wednesday of Scotchtober. Uh, again, I'm going to do a lot of talking, so I'm going to kind of just get into pouring us some drinks. Uh, what I've got is a bunch of single malt scotches, mostly from my favorite region, which is the Highland region. Uh, in an attempt to kind of highlight the fact that, you know, there's some perceptions about Scotch whiskey and American whiskey, and people think like, oh, Americans invented whiskey, and we didn't. They were making it in Scotland long before uh, they ever got here. Uh, Americans didn't invent the concept of moonshining, um, which is basically making whiskey by moonlight. Uh, when the Crown imposed taxes on all the people who were distilling in Scotland, they kind of ran for the hills and the valleys, and they hid out in the woods. And they made whiskey by moonlight, so they were the original moonshiners. Uh, one of the other big sort of misconceptions about Scotch whiskey is that it all tastes like campfire, uh, which is part of the malting process where they use peat moss to dry out the barley. Hand up, that was me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a very common misconception. Not true. Uh, and these are all either lightly peated or completely unpeated whiskeys, uh, mostly from the Highlands. Uh, and then a couple from some other regions. Should grab yourself a glass there while I uh, get ready to go on some ranting here. First, single malt scotch. Full disclosure. I do not know what he's about to go off on. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know where this is going. And also, like, I put these whiskeys together because I don't think you've had any of these. No. Um, no, I definitely haven't. They're, they're scotches that I wanted to show some love to. Uh, these Some of these are fairly new to the store. I tasted them. I fell in love with them. I wanted them to share with the people I like to share them with because that's what spirits are all about. Drinking them with good people. It's a cool bottle. <clears throat> yeah. So this bottle, uh, this is Jura Tenure. So Jura is an island off the west coast of Scotland. Okay. Which is funny. You almost think of it in opposite. The west coast of Scotland is like off the east coast, coast of, of us, America. Yeah. Um, but it's basically made to kind of withstand... The storms. Okay, that makes sense. Of the, the design there. Uh, it's the only distillery on the island of Jura. Uh, make sure I get my spec sheets here. It's a 10-year. It's 80 proof. Um, 
aged in bourbon barrels, finished in Oloroso sherry. Oh, man. Yeah. Perfect. So, and I'm going to do these in sort of ascending price points as well. So, this is clocking in at about 40 bucks a bottle. Okay. So, 40 bucks a bottle for a 10-year single malt scotch finished in Oloroso sherry. Oh, yeah. This is one that I hadn't tried in forever when i was getting ready to do this this video i thought 40 bucks that's yeah, a good I'll starting revisit point. it and i was blown away at how good this is you get that oloroso on the nose for yeah. sure yeah that big dark fruit mm -hmm. um so kind of diving right in a couple of announcements one in a few weeks uh november 19th we are doing our first fall grand wine tasting the first one we've done in three years since you know pre-covid uh less tables only eight tables probably about 50 wines uh but that's going to allow people to kind of spread out a little bit have some more space yeah. uh, at that time of year uh focus in on wines no spirits at this one uh we're still looking at maybe doing a spirits tasting in december so just wine november 19th uh three to six it's a saturday afternoon it's a saturday before Thanksgiving. All the wines are going to be on sale. It's a great day to come in, stock up, get all the wines you need for Thanksgiving. Or it's, for Christmas. I remember working the one before COVID. It was like, it's fun. It's Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's chaos, but it's fun. It makes it makes the day. Yeah. You meet people, you can learn about stuff. And a lot of fun. good energy in the room. Yeah. Uh, we will have hand sanitizer stations set up and, yeah. you know, light food will be provided. So, yeah. That will be good. That's nice. Um, get back into a tasting. That's yeah, nice. Yeah. Not, I, I mean, I've seen some other stores do some really big stuff. I just, I don't, we don't have the space for one. Yeah. Two, you know, as we hit November, we start to see these cases going up. Yep. Um, so just want to give people the ability to kind of spread out, but still be able to do this massive tasting. All right. First sort of rant and it's kind of a good way i'm going to call somebody out um but call them out for doing good uh and it kind of goes against the grain because usually you don't promote somebody else's product or somebody else's store uh but i'm going to throw big kudos out there to ryan out at julio's uh who not only does a great job with his whiskey selection but there's an election coming up and there's some voting coming up in november uh and one of the ballot questions question number three has to do with liquor stores in the industry. Uh, and Ryan out of Julio's has spearheaded the movement for the vote yes on three. We see the signs out there. We have them posted all over the place. Um, it has to do with basically um, not allowing stores, and I didn't even think that this was a thing, to do self-checkout for alcohol in like supermarkets, yeah. which blows my mind that that's even a thing. Yeah, um, seriously. So it sort of takes the ability to ID customers, or, or at least the focus on IDing customers out. Um, it will allow Massachusetts to accept out-of-state IDs. Massachusetts is the only state in the U.S. that does not allow out-of-state IDs as a valid form of identification. Uh, there's some other things that basically prevent the big box corporate chain stores to getting massive amounts of licenses, which provides them an unfair sort of advantage uh, as far as buying power goes and sale power goes. Uh, and it's basically trying to protect independent stores like ours, like a Julio's, 
uh, and like some of the other stores. So, uh, yeah, big shout out to, to Ryan. Um, I know we kind of joke about it and, and play some friendly competition, but I'll actually put it out there right now. I will invite Ryan to come here, hang out with us for a Whiskey Wednesday, or I would love to go and, and do Ryan's show. A little competition is friendly and fun, um, but we're all kind of rooting for the same thing. Exactly. Yep. Putting good whiskey in the hands of, of good people um, all together. And the other big shout out I, I kind of want to throw to Ryan. I was looking at his email because I you know, get the emails. It's good to know what other stores are doing and what's going on elsewhere. And in his email, right in the middle, he's got a no-flipping policy on his whiskey. So how would you... Now, I don't know how you police that, uh, but I'm all for it. I back it 100%. Um, it's got a no-flipping policy. So like it's right there that if you buy a product here and we see it online that you're flipping it, we're going to ban you from buying further specialty releases. I Again, love that. I don't know how you enforce that or police that or track that, but the fact that it's out there and that there's somebody else who just is basically saying, like, we want to sell whiskey to people who want to drink it, yeah, not invest it and turn it over and make a bigger profit. There's not a lot of this stuff to go around. Um, so the people who come into the store and get it should be able to... Yeah. To drink it. 100%. I agree. Uh, and we say it over and over again, for every one of those flippers out there, you're taking a bottle out of the hands of somebody who actually wants, wants to, to enjoy it. it with one of their friends. Mm -hmm. That being said, my next rant and rave, Old Forester Birthday Bourbon. One bottle in. Just one. I, I have yeah, to calm myself because... <laughs> Because I was on fire yesterday. Um, our barrel of Old Forester should be here by Thanksgiving. So it's coming soon. Time to believe Thanksgiving is like three, four weeks away. I know, seriously. Um, so within the next three or four weeks, that barrel is going to be here. There's only one bottle. So the way we're going to sell it is everybody who buys one of our store pick, Old Forester, single barrel store picks, just the Old Forester, your receipt becomes a raffle ticket. And then, if your name is drawn, you'll be lucky enough to get to purchase this. So, again, I'm going to go against the grain. Um, what do you think of Scotch, by the way? That's awesome. Yeah. Super good. At that price point, too, you're getting all the flavors. You get the bourbon, you get the Oloroso, but you also get a little bit of smokiness, too, which is it's subtle, though. Mm hmm. I almost get like little hints of ginger or something in there, like yeah. raw ginger. And I always get from the. That little smoke from these ones, it's like almost like burnt bacon, which I love. Yeah. All right. Well, I rant and ramble about my birthday. I'm going to call out some big people here. So for customers who, again, tell your friends um, who think that you can just walk in during bourbon hysteria season and just get something at MSRP just because you asked for it. I wish it worked that easy. I wish that we could do that. Here's my story on how I get this birthday bourbon so you guys understand the kind of stuff that we go through on a store level. And honestly, I don't really care who I offend with this. But basically, we have a barrel of Old Forester coming in, which should entitle me some birthday bourbon. It didn't necessarily, uh, but we've got some friends who are pretty high up in Brown Foreman did the allocations, got me the bottle. Um, 
It was confirmed to me on Monday. Your bottle will be here on Wednesday. It will be on the truck, all confirmed. Should have been here last week, but it wasn't. We'll live with that. And then I get a call yesterday that says, hey, if you still want that bottle, you also now have to buy this and this and this to get that bottle. After it was confirmed that it was going to be on the truck. Uh, so what? these companies put you through these extra hoops that you've got to jump through all the time. Uh, so even though we've been a supporter of Old Forester all along, 8,600, all four whiskey rows, the Statesman, Nips, Pints, keep it stacked on the floor. Mm -hmm. We still had to jump through one more hoop to buy Crazy. extra product after it was confirmed that it was going to be on the truck. So just so customers have an understanding of what we go through on this level before it even gets to that level. Um, That's wild. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of went up and down the flagpole on, on that one yesterday. But, again, it's and it wasn't Brown Foreman. It's, it's not the people who own Old Forester. It's once it hits the distributor level, the games that they play from there. It's not all the distributors. Just kind of one in particular that seems to, to do that a lot. But it is here. So when you make your purchase of Old Forester, single barrel, barrel proof store pick in a few weeks, save your receipt for a chance to, to purchase this. Man. That is a beautiful looking bottle. I, I love that bottle. Yeah. And that whiskey has been just stellar in every iteration. All right. So now, whiskey number two, Deveron. I've never had this before, so okay. I'm, I'm going in blind with you. The bottling's... I love the it's package. Cool. It's like different. It's odd. Yeah, it's frosted glass. I don't know if you guys can see that. Hey, we got a new camera now, so maybe yep. they can actually see that. Yeah, they can. Um, notes on this. This is another Highland Scotch. It's a 12-year, 80 proof. Talking about 53 on the shelf. This is the newest of all the distilleries that we're kind of dealing with here. Uh, this is a distillery that was built in 1960, kicks around some ownership changes, gets bought by Bacardi, uh, who is the parent company. Uh, they make it part of the Dewar's sort of portfolio. Okay. So Dewar's is also in charge of Aberfeldy, mm -hmm. which is one of our favorites. They're also in charge of this, uh, and they're in charge of that. When we get to that, yeah, the Royal Brockla. So I haven't had this yet, but again, like 53, which is... Still definitely reasonable. Highlands, so Highland scotches tend to be a little bit maltier. And again, you know, people who listen to my podcast know how much I rant about external packaging. I'd rather pay a dollar less for the bottle and not have these tubes to throw out, but yeah. they do kind of make attractive sort of <clears throat> spots on yeah, your Yeah, I mean, especially if like, you're getting it for a gift or something, they, mm -hmm. it does make it look mm -hmm. nice, but... Yeah, I agree. If you're just going to go home and put it on your bar, you'd probably yeah. rather just have the bottle. Some of the ones. The, the Glen Morangi that comes in a metal the cage. Box. I know. I know. <laughs> you just bring it home and instantly throw it in your, your recycle <laughs> I bin. I, well, what am I proud of? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Yeah. Oh, man. Stay apples. Yeah. Right when I like, before I even got it to my tongue, it, I got like that big apple note. Yeah. Yeah. Like orchard fruits, like yeah. apples and pears. Wow. 
That's really good. No smoke. Yeah. Easy to drink. And I, I know we've said it before a couple weeks ago, but like when it hits this time of year, when it's a little gray, it's a little cool, like this is the style of whiskey that I want to be sitting outside. Yep. Just on the porch having a cigar. These are perfect. And I know it's 80 proof. You proof hounds want more bang for their buck, but it has so much flavor though. Yeah. I mean, and so much body too for only being 80 proof. Like it's big. Instead of having two glass, uh, two glasses of 100 proof, you're mm -hmm. three glasses of this. Yep. It's the same difference. Yeah. And it can, it can stretch out your night a little bit longer. You're still maintaining conversation. Yeah. Exactly. A couple hours into the night. Mm -hmm. It's hard to do with <laughs> some, some barrel 120 proof. So. proof. Speaking gibberish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. I love the bottle. Like you said, it's totally unique. Um, that blue. Yeah, I love that blue. Which kind of pops. Um, this is the most most northeast distillery in Scotland. Um, it's actually made at the McDuff distillery. It, it reminds me of, like, the ocean. Mm-hmm. Like the ocean blue right there. Like yeah, I mean, it kind of resembles Highland, I guess. Yeah, you, and you think of it like northeast, so you're probably right on the the yeah, channel close. in yep. between yep. Uh, the mainland, and then you've got west coast, so you're kind of in the ocean that way. And a lot of these distilleries have gone dormant for years at a time. Like they're they open, they close. Um, people go like, oh, how did they get twelve year whiskey? Well, they closed, but the whiskey was still sitting in yeah. warehouses, kind of aging. And, you know, now we get into some really historic distilleries. Man, this one I love. Uh, Glengarry Osh. Pronounced Glengarry. You know, some sort of Gaelic pronunciation. So for your proof hounds. Wait, That's how it's pronounced? What? Yeah, in Old Gaelic, it's pronounced Glengarry. I don't know why that is. Uh, this is owned by Jim Beam. And again, through ownership changes over the years. A lot of these old historic distilleries, uh, these guys go back to 1797 is when the distillery was built. Um, and it originally had a brewery attached to it. But blended scotch was really the style of scotch in Scotland for years. And all these distilleries would just make whiskey and then sell it yeah. to the blending houses, kind of like we did with bourbon here in America. Like Most of the bourbons that were sort of based on Whiskey Row in Kentucky around Prohibition era, they didn't make their own whiskey. They yeah, just no. bought it from other people, yeah. aged it, and bottled it themselves. Yeah, their label on it. So, you know, uh, this, I am oh in love God. with this. Uh, this, to me, is what Aberfeldy did to me last year. Like, okay, I just yeah. fell in love with that. Uh, we are clocking in on Glengarry or Glengarry. 12-year, uh, 92 proof. This is the most easterly so the furthest east distillery there. Um, aged in bourbon barrels, finished in sherry barrels, which is fairly common for, for scotch to be using port and sherry, the proximity to Spain. Nose is phenomenal. And yeah, 90. Love that bottle. Look at you. I feel like. I, yeah. It's, it's like the other one's different than most scotch bottles, I think. Yeah, there's something about it. Like, it's short, it's yeah, squat. It's got that, like, nice base to it. Yeah, the base is a little wider than the bottle. Uh, 96 proof on this, okay. by the way. Nice. 
Yeah, wow. The sherry is there. I am in love with this. That is awesome. Yeah, I, I bought this a couple weeks ago. And I was going to bring it home. And I was like, no, I got to... I'm going to leave it here for the video, because if I bring it home... It's gone. It's never <laughs> coming back here. I'm going to have to buy another one. From the front, to the uh, middle to the end, it's, it's still giving that sherry. Yeah. It's just big and rich and viscous. Uh, we're clocking in 62. It's still um, reasonable for a night, like a 12-year scotch. For 12-year scotch at 96 proof. Like, yep, seriously. That will keep you warm on a cool fall night, like... Just all the flavors. That is... <laughs> yeah, I am in love with that. That's phenomenal. And again, these guys have been around since... The distillery was built in 1797. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like, and that's what makes it the spirit so cool. Yeah. It's like there's people in that age making this. Mm-hmm. And we're drinking like history pretty much. Yeah. And the, the one thing I noticed, you know, you get into like these 12-year scotches, like these guys have been making whiskey there for 200 years now yep. you know a lot of these 1797 1798 like the early late 1700s early 1800s he's talking almost 200 years of figuring out how to make whiskey there's no bad single malt scotches in that range yeah you know you, you don't get something that's it's like listening to old old jazz albums yeah. There's no skip tracks on old jazz. Absolutely not. Like old Ella Fitzgerald, Billy Holiday. Fluid. It's just great. Every track is great. And that's kind of how I feel when you get into like 12 year single malts. There's just nothing. And I also feel like if, I mean, obviously distilleries in America, in the US are like beautiful and stuff. But I feel like when you go overseas to where these are made, like it's just a different breed because they've been around for so much longer. Yeah. If you I mean, look even at maybe, pictures, maybe not even longer, but yeah, definitely longer, right? Definitely yeah. longer. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, the, it's. You say, when I forgot what distillery you're talking about, it's like you can like almost feel the ghosts of the people inside like there. Like Buffalo Trace, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. I, you could definitely feel the mm -hmm. presence of the people who made this stuff when you go to the uh, ones over here. Yeah, and you know, Scotland, you look at the pictures of the landscape, it's not like Disney World, it's not like a bright, no. brand new city, like it's rustic, it's, yeah. it's like it's stuck in time from, you know, the 1800s, and that's sort of the, the way it... And that's it like looks a, and in Parks and Rec with the Lagavulin with the... Nick Offerman, yeah. Yeah, and they send him over there in the show, and it's like his biggest dream ever, and they show the picture of it, and it's like nothing like crazy, but it's it's his dream. It's not Disneyland, but it's just a awesome distillery. Yeah, and that's not just the show. That's actually Nick Offerman. Oh, I know, yeah, exactly. Who is a huge yeah, Lagavulin fan. face is on the thing now, um, yeah. Yeah, so by the way, we still have a couple bottles of... The new release of the Offerman, yep. which is one of your products yep. Yeah, now. I've been seeing that everywhere. Um, uh, people have been picking it up. Heavily crazy. charred oak, yep. I believe, is is that version. Uh, the last one was the one in Guinness casks, yeah. which I think was Whiskey of the Year last year. Um, it was definitely up there. So the, this one is Royal Brockla. Uh, so this is another distillery that's been around since the late 1700s. They were the first... Scotch distillery to get what's called a royal warrant. So That's basically, sick. the crown, the king, goes down there, and you provide goods, or they buy goods, or whatever, and you, like, the king just goes, "This stuff is great. We're issuing you a royal warrant." 
So I actually looked up, like, what does that mean? It means that you're recognized by the crown, and it means that you can legally use the term royal in your name. So you can't just open up a bread company in Scotland and call it royal bread yeah, okay. without the crown going... We're Approving. issuing you a royal warrant so you can use that term. So this is the first. Is the first one? The first one. Wow. And again, it's a distillery that was open and then shuttered. And, you know, the scotch industry kind of went up and down. Prohibition took a, a, a big dent into it. Um, you know, then they had oversupply of stock. They were shuttered. One of the good things about, as much as we don't like giant corporations, but like, you know, Diageo, Pernod Ricard, they have sunk a ton of money into these old shuttered <clears throat> distilleries um, and a trying lot of your products. Them. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to revive them, bring them back to life, you know, create sort of tasting rooms and visitor centers. And they're just bringing these old distilleries back to life. That's what, you know, Bacardi and Dewars did with this one. Uh, this is a sherry finished as well. Getting up there now, you know, talking 70 on the shelf. 12-year, 92-proof um, Highland. They have been around since 1812, off and on. Mostly, again, making single malt whiskey for blends. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of revived what they called the Lost Distillery Series and bringing back some of this stuff. Now, I've had this before. Uh, I love this. And there's something about this bottle in the neck yeah, that is just it's diesel. It's <laughs> diesel. Like the neck of the bottle. I don't know what it is. And the color that, on it compared to the first two we had. I mean, the yeah. one we just tried was similar in color, but so dark. Scotches are usually a little bit lighter in color. Yeah. Yep. And these are non-chill filtered, no color added, which yeah. you can do in Scotland. Um, you can add caramel coloring. And I explain this all the time of like, it doesn't get that hot there, so you're not really baking the wood. Yeah. They're using used barrels, so you're not getting that char. Uh, so they can add caramel coloring just to make it look good on the shelf. Mm -hmm. Now, to me, this is the big sort of bold... This is very similar, but stylish and elegant, like feminine, masculine, like yep. that kind of punches you in the face. This kind of gives you a little, yeah, a little, 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 little massage there <laughs> on the shoulders. Oh, yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. When you talk about like a bottle that makes a statement on your bar too, like the just that royal blue color yeah. scheme. It's cool just to think like... 200 years ago, the king of Scotland was there. Was there and granted them. Yeah. That's crazy. And from the research I did, and I'm sure Peter Thomas, when he sees <laughs> this at some point, will correct me, but I believe those royal warrants are only good for like 10 years. And then oh, they so have to be going. renewed. Wow. Which means they've been renewed for, for you know, 200 years. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. That must be so nerve-wracking, making those whiskey and for having the king to yeah. come down to your distillery and you're all just mm -hmm. like, oh, he likes it. <laughs> all right. I saved one for last. Mostly because I wanted to try it. And again, in ascending 
price points. Um, the Royal Brockla, 70. Now we're up to 90. Um, this is one that I kind of brought in without tasting, but it piqued my curiosity. This is Tobermory. And Tobermory also has been around since 1798, embossed right there on the bottle. Awesome. Um, so again, you're talking 200 years of you know whiskey making. And much like a lot I of the love, other distilleries. I love it. Yeah. So it's the Isle of Mull, mm -hmm. which again is off the west coast of Scotland. It's the only distillery on the island. They've, you know, been open, closed, changed ownership. Um, the distillery is actually called Ladeg. So every now and then you come across some sort of independent bottlings of like Ladeg distillery. Uh, these guys finally reopened in their sort of present state, I think in 93. Uh, 12 year, 92.6 proof. So again, all you proof hounds were like, Scotch whiskey doesn't have enough alcohol in it. <laughs> uh, beg to differ. This one does. There's something comforting about looking over the camera, <laughs> seeing the hurricane back in the house. By the way, big shout out to, to Matt. I don't know if he wants it out there, but got married. Congratulations. Woo. <laughs> Great wedding. Sweet. Because why not? Absolutely. Absolutely. So Tobermory, 1797. Um, at one point it was closed for 40 years. Uh, this is oh. aged in ex-bourbon barrels. Why was it closed? Just... Uh, again, there was a... Up and down. Up. Yeah, the, uh, the economics of, you know, scotch was in high demand. Coming out of Prohibition, it was in low demand. Mm -hmm. Um there was an excess, you know, one of the distilleries I read about, like, there was just so much scotch laying down in barrels in Scotland, like, yeah. people just stopped making it. Yeah. Because there like was so good. much of it. But it is back up and running. The Isle of Mull. Uh, yeah, I love that package. Mm -hmm. It looks like a, I don't know, a very old film, like, when they're going into the, the, the pre-scene before the movie starts. It's like yeah. scrolling across. It's showing an old town or something. Yeah. it's. I just kind of realized that. Like it's in black and white. Like yeah. an old movie from yeah. the 50s. Yeah. And it's a picture of the port. Not, you say like you're not supposed to put your nose in there. But when you put your nose in there. I'm getting like that big apple pear almost. Yep. All that orchard fruit. And again for, an, for 92 proof. Yeah. You shouldn't be able to just. Oh yeah, take easy. it up yeah. your nose without burning your nose, and yet. Well, I think from the amount of bourbon we drank last month, I think all the <laughs> yeah, all the all hair right. in my nose is yeah, gone. Yeah, it's gone. Wow, wow that is so much big. Different. Wow, is that big? I'm almost getting like some sweetness in the back. Mm -hmm. That is so much different than the other ones. That is fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Which is another great point of like, these are all 100% malted barley. Same mash bill. Everything. And yet they're all Crazy how just a little are. bit different. They're like fingerprints. Everyone is unique. Yeah. 
But yeah, the mouthfeel is big. That was awesome. Viscous. Um, ton of fruit. That that sort of apple, pear, honey, flowers. That's what, that's what it was like on the back end. I was getting that honey, like almost a mm. honeycomb, like the dark honey. Yeah. That is... That's a winner. Yep, 100%. Glad I took a chance on that. Mm-hmm. Might have to reshuffle the Whiskeys of the Year deck yeah. again. <laughs> um, that's it. Bunch of great single malt scotch. It's that time of year, even though Scotchtober is coming to a close. I'm still going to be drinking this the rest of the winter. Yeah, I'm totally turned on to scotch now. It's I'm going to be. I know I bought a few bottles of bourbon the other day, but... It's going to be a little scotch for Christmas and all that stuff. I mean, it really is perfect for around it, this time of year. I, I love it this time of year. Yeah, just the cool air. It, it's perfect. Um, so, yeah, we've got, you know, 80 proofers, 96 proofers, no smoke, a little bit of smoke. If you want some smoke, we've got plenty of Lafrogue in the house, some Lagavulin, uh, some Ardbeg. So, you know, they just kind of run the spectrum, run the whole gamut, open your mind. Be adventurous. I'm very Trust curious about Ardbeg because that's also one of my products. So I don't, I don't know much about that stuff, and I know they make a bunch of different expressions for it. So I think didn't we do the Wee Beastie last year at some point? Yes, that's the one I the have. Five on. year, yeah. The, the smoke, because um, those ones are definitely on the smokier side. Yeah, yeah, they definitely are. You learn, get a Todd's for it, and then you're good. Yeah, it, to me, the ones with all that peat smoke. Those are the ones you throw a couple of drops of water in, which is actually the way they do drink it in Scotland. And it changes some of that smoke into more of a floral character, too. I feel like it's almost like a better scotch, if it's smoky like that, to have with food. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Because it kind of tones it down. Yeah. You're getting rid of that smoky, but it's also adding to the food. Yeah. Definitely works with, like, barbecue. Yeah, exactly. Steaks, things like that. Anything kind of mystique or Mm -hmm. uh, mesquite or smoked. Mm Mm-hmm. all right, we're going to wrap it from there. Started on a rant, finished on, on some good whiskey. Um, oh, I almost forgot. Our YouTube channel. So all these videos we're starting to upload to the YouTube channel. So if you're kind of new to this or you're just joining the video now and you missed the beginning, you can scroll back on the Facebook page, watch the whole thing, or you can head over to the YouTube channel. Just go on YouTube, search What You Sent Wine and Spirits, it's all there. I'm starting to upload some of the old videos. So if you don't want to scroll back or if YouTube is your thing, you can find some of our old work. Watch us in our rookie seasons. Oh, yeah. 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 So, <laughs> some precious stuff. no idea what we're doing. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of going through those videos, going all the way back to when like we were out in Redemption, yep. uh, when we were in the back room. Yep. Uh, man. Going back to when we were struggling to get, like, Eight minutes of content in. And I know, right? Now we're 35. We're, we're banging out 40 minutes. So, uh, yeah, go to YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel. You get sort of updates on the old videos getting loaded up there as well. That is it. We're going to wrap. Man, it's already voice. dark outside looking out the window there. That's crazy. It's, I pulled it's in. Happened. It was like this. It was dark. I was yeah. like, geez. It's happened. Um, yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back next week. I don't know what we're doing next week, but we'll be doing something. We've got some stuff with Bushmills coming up. Uh, We're going to do some Grand Centenario tequila on a Whiskey Wednesday coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, Again, tasting, November 19th, Saturday afternoon, 3 to 6. 
Uh, vote yes on three. I think that's it. All right. Cheers, guys. Because when the founder first came in, they told me exactly what I just told you. Um, and I was like, okay, I don't really have space for a third SKU right now, but maybe. So I texted Easton. I was like, what 15 packs do you have from founders? Like, I actually have a spot right now. He's like, just all day in Centennial. I was like, okay, I did my job. Hmm? Sorry, guys. Went back on stock. Maybe we'll talk. But What does a cold, cold IPA Oh, man, you want to go down that rabbit hole, I do. don't you? I all right. do. Hey. Is that beer number three? This one? Yes. Oh, yeah. No. It's a lot of words. Oh, no. That oh, one right oh, sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. It says a session cold IPA. So this has been one of the most hot topics in beer for the past year. Um... We know it as an India Pale Lager, because uh, and then they've other breweries or breweries in general have tried to start the cold IPA, because you ferment it at cold temperatures like a lager. Okay. Um, so I've been told they're two distinct styles. I've been told they're the same style. It's all marketing. It's all whatever. Yeah. So I don't know. This is gonna be my first one. So we'll find out. Didn't Jacks used to do an IPL? Haponius Union is an IPL. They've since rebranded it. They don't call it anymore because yeah. no one knows where an IPL is. Mm -hmm. It's poorly marketed, unfortunately. I also feel like IPL is not a thing. Like it isn't. India Pale Ale, like they were shipping beer to India. Right. I get it's a lager and it has to do with the fermentation process, and but you try and tell customers that mm -hmm. and they're one in in one out year one out the other, so. Fine. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't think founders Crisp, really yeah. do much wrong, to be honest. Yeah. They could slap anything on the label. I'll probably drink it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They just know how to make beer. <laughs> it's like I guess it's more towards the ale side than a lager. It's not as crisp as a lager. Yeah. But somewhere in that in between, kind of like a cream ale. <laughs> We're getting there. I think the the bigger thing too is like. Do customers know the difference? Oh, and do customers care? They definitely don't care. It's what it tastes like. If it tastes good, they'll drink it. This is definitely <laughs> an exercise. I keep saying it's it's an exercise in marketing. Which words are going to sell this beer? Cold. Right. <laughs> it's not going to be warm. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's yeah. all going to go in the cooler now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's I mean, cold, cold itself could be its own marketing term, right? It's the same reason people think... Beer gets skunked if it goes from cold to warm. Well, yeah. if it's cold, then maybe it's a better beer. So. Yeah. Because you're not you're not going to hear anyone coming out with the term warm lager. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, <right. laughs> that that, that marketing is never going to be there. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I feel like it's almost like the Oktoberfest thing, though. Like, once November hits, who wants Oktober right. fest? Yeah. So if that's not in the cooler, oh yeah, who wants cold beer? Off the warm shelf. shelf. Yep. Yeah. That's definitely. Luckily, we won't have a problem with that, but most stores would. Yeah. yeah it's fine. It's good. It's if it came in a fifth pack, fifteen pack for fifteen ninety nine. Yeah. Is that what it is, or you don't know yet? It would be line price with all the others. So I'm just okay. Yeah. Just assuming. It's sort of uninspiring too, like. Yeah. Like, if I had it at a party, I wouldn't be upset. Yeah, exactly. But it's... there's nothing that makes me go, ah, oh, I gotta go grab that. a 15-pack of that. 
I'd rather drink all day. Yeah, I'd rather drink all day. Yep. <laughs> or Centennial. Or Centennial, for the same price. No. It's a prettier can. Yeah. It pops a little bit more, that's for sure. I don't know. That just looks like a summer beer to me. The, yeah. The light blue. Yeah. The camping out cornhole on the top of the, the thing. Yeah, that's true. So maybe God, this was happen. like their summer launch and they're waiting for their fall launch. And... That could be it, actually. Like I said, I wasn't really paying attention when they were talking to me. <laughs> I almost never do. No offense, but... <laughs> it reminds me of the... Was it Avery that did the Lilikoi? Oh, right, yeah. It reminds me of that can. Anyway, moving on to Moose Juice. The name of this beer always kind of weirded me out. <laughs> I just think moose piss. I don't know why. Like, it's all yellow. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all point. Point. Oh, God. There better be Simcoe mm -hmm. in this. <laughs> Caution. Have you ever had moose drool? No. By um, Big, Big Sky out in Montana, I think. So they don't distribute. They've never distributed in Massachusetts, but it's one, it's one of those lessons in, like, Geography, how it how it affects beer, because it's one of that. It must be the best selling beer in Montana, and it's just a brown ale. Like, but it's it's their brown yeah, ale. Yeah. It's a Montana yeah. brown ale. So. Used to be one of those beers that people used to ask for all the time. Like three flu. Wait, can you get three Floyds and can you yeah. get New Belgium? And yeah. Now you can get everything, but that was one of those beers in the rotation. So, but yeah, Great North Moose Juice. It's fine. It's, Malty, it, bitter. It's an IPA from 2005. Like, yeah. It's good. It just doesn't really speak to the consumer today. So. Yeah. Not my favorite Great North beer. No. Hmm. Yeah, it's got that. <laughs> yeah. It's got that aftertaste. Of like, <laughs> like Wachusett Green Monster. Like, mm. It just reminds me of... If you have Cheerios for breakfast, and then at like noontime you burp, and you're like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, it's Cheerios. <laughs> it's just a, it's a flavor that doesn't leave your body. <laughs> so this might be the first time I've ever had anything by this brewery. Highly acclaimed, one of those nerdy sellout in 24 hours. We got a <clears throat> sample can today. <laughs> I will tell my rep later that we got a sample can, but it's a lot of words. Another one that's a lot of words, yeah. So the beer is Double Nelson Daydreamer. Yes. Is that the Double Dry Hopped Double Nelson Daydreamer? They do two different <laughs> versions of it. <laughs> Look at that alliteration right there. Double, Double Dry Hopped Imperial Oat Cream India Pale Ale. <laughs> it's a lot of words. The source on there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. From other half, other half brewing down in New York City. Yeah. Which people rant raver about, right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's like the. Um, that's not even hazy. That's just. That's opaque. Yeah. I'm <laughs> oh, just looking at the glasses. These are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> These glasses are sick. Yeah. The tequila glasses. Nice. They're actually the Mexican whiskey. Oh, are they? Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, it's 100% corn whiskey, oh, and nice. some of them are the map of Mexico, and okay. some of them are like what they call the, 
Yeah. Okay. Some of them are the nixtamalization process. Okay. So they use an ancient variety of corn that right. doesn't really look like the corn we know it in America. Oh, yeah. Which is native to Mexico. Um, and they make up 100% corn whiskey out of it. They also make a weird corn liqueur out of it. It's cool. Well, they like, show like the route numbers to yeah. like 85. Or That's pretty cool. Well, if you ever get lost, just <laughs> <pull it laughs> yeah. oh, Don't worry. I have my glass. If you ever get lost in Mexico, <laughs> you're not coming back. <laughs> nope. You're lost in Mexico. Not with both your kidneys, at least. <laughs> I don't know if they want one. <laughs> it chokes on them. This yeah. liver is overused. <laughs> and take my liver, too. <laughs> take it all, man. Why are there two scars? Oh, we had to put it back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm massively underwhelmed with this beer. Yeah, 100%. It's thick. It's... it's Lacking flavor. Yeah. yeah, it's and then the after, it's like I don't know, sucking the flavor that it, what did have out. Mm. Yeah, the Damn. longer the finish sits, the more West Coast it gets. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's not bad. It doesn't taste bad. It's just for all the hype, I was expecting something better. I just want like, I couldn't drink four of those. Oh God, I can barely drink three ounces no. of it. Like. Yeah, I just can't wait for all yeah, these man. all these people getting into craft beer and all they drink is hazy, juicy doubles with with milk and lactose, and That's they're gonna I'm gain a hundred pounds in yeah. two years and not know why. Like, like imagine trying to explain to your friend, hey, did you have to try the double dry hops and parallel old cream India pale ale from other half? <laughs> it's like a paragraph. Yeah. yeah. You're like no. Not, not did you paid try by that? the word, Charles Dickens? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally. Another lesson in marketing of make sure people can pronounce your beer mm-hmm. in an appropriate amount of time. Well, that like and also not to knock them. It's, you really you can't have, see it. I was gonna say like yeah. red, white or something. That's all. All of their labels are like that. Some are better than others because mm-hmm. sometimes it's silver and there's like you know mm-hmm. dark red on it. But yeah, I feel it's always like a green label with green writing or a blue label with blue writing. Mm-hmm. But when you're printing money, I guess it doesn't matter. So. Yeah, because they're like the uh, treehouse of. Yeah, they're yeah. incredibly popular in New York. New York, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, hey, New York's people got money out there, so I mean, yep. <laughs> it'll sell. All right, enough IPAs. Yeah. Let's get mm. some multi sweet goodness here. Yeah, see, that's the color word. <laughs> yeah, John from Exhibit A dropped off a couple samples for us. He said it was smoked, which was unbeknownst. Yeah, I heard him say that, man. Oh, I guess it is. Hey, I had no idea. So this is Focal Point Munich Lager. Dark Munich Lager. And there is a little bit of smoke to it. Is there a light Munich Lager? It would just be like a Hellas. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Munich itself has meaning. I feel like it doesn't, but definitely, definitely want to know if it's darker ways. Yes, because Sam is technically a Vienna lager. Vienna lager, yeah. Yeah, it smells great. <laughs> no, that's awesome. It's like bacon. There's the secret word right there. I was just about to say, if you remember the Schlankerla beers, and mm. they're 
expensive and they're always old because they're sitting in a shipping container for six months getting over here. But all smoke. It's a German brewery. All they do is smoked beers. Mm-hmm. And they do one that's a Mars year-round. Um, and it tastes exactly like bacon. Like, this has hints of bacon. That one tastes exactly yeah. like bacon. Yeah. I mean, you definitely get other flavors, but I feel mm. like I definitely get some of that, that bacon. Like I was saying with the scotch earlier, it's just enough smoke where you get that, like, that burnt end piece of bacon. Oh, right? yeah. Yep. And Almost these go amazing with food. Yep. Any any sort of smoked meat barbecue, like... <laughs> That's crazy. I was literally saying that, too. It's like the smokiness. Mm. Con, uh, compliments food, mm-hmm. I feel like, very well. I feel like yep. not a big smoke guy, but you like a little bit of smoke and you eat food, it'll probably like tone it down. It will just like match perfectly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because those sh- just. Sorry, I know we're supposed to be talking about mm-hmm. exhibit today, mm-hmm. but those Schlankerla beers can, some of them are like very smoked. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. uh, almost too much. But you cut through it, like you kind of cleanse your palate by eating something complimentary. Mm-hmm. So you get some smoked sausage in there. All of a sudden, you're ready for another sip of beer. Like, you forget yeah. that it was overly smoked. I don't feel like I'm like, I don't even know if this would work, but like on Thanksgiving, if you're out eating turkey, you're eating ham. Mm. I feel like the ham with the saltiness would kind of like mm. blend very well with that. Well, that's Jack's. Yeah. Fire in the ham. Fire in the ham. Which Jack's Abbey's? Oh, yeah. I don't know if they still make it anymore, but. We didn't you have gave that me, last year? You gave me that beer we from did. Jack's. Maybe we did. I think we had it in four-pack cans, which kind of blew oh, my mind. Oh, right, yeah. Because it okay. used to be in those 69 Oh, yeah, you did give me a swap bottles. What was the Jack's you gave me last year, though? It tasted like bacon. It was um, it was probably, probably fire in the ham. Was it yeah. That man? literally tastes like ham. <laughs> I, just like smoked It was almost ham. the same label as the... I uh... love this whole thing. <laughs> 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 I was trying to think... It reminds me of the one we have in the door already. It's like that the maroon and black label, but it was something. Different. Oh, uh, smoking dagger. That's what I'm oh, thinking. Oh, okay, I got yes. you. Oh, that reminds me. I gotta reorder that. <laughs> that that beer is so. phenomenal too. That one's more, more for like the cold winter months. Yes, that, exactly. Yeah, That's yeah, why. Like, I was I was looking for it the other day. I was like, maybe they don't have it in because it's. I don't. I think I was drinking last year around November, December. It was out of stock for a while. It used to be a year-round. I feel like they've changed it and changed it back, and I just I can't keep track. But I was told it's back, and I just completely forgot. So it'll be it'll be back next week. That's the new thing in beer. When it's out of stock, it's seasonal. (laughs) When it's in stock, it's year-round. That's the Washusa Brewing plan. (laughs) That to me is like because sometimes like the smoked beers, they're like peated scotch, like. Sometimes it's just too much. That's mm. like a perfect balance. Oh yes. There's just enough smoke to let you know there's smoke. Do we have this? We do. Interesting. Why you want to buy it? Mm-hmm. I know. Could be yours. Okay. <laughs> For the nominal fee. <laughs> I actually really like this. It's like I don't know. It's like a different beer. Like it's not something you usually get out of a beer. No, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. Not a hazy juicy. It's not imperial stout. No, that's it's something you like. You're not. What's the ABV on that? Six. Five. Five. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Don't pop it. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect for. Yeah, it's, it's one grilling. of those things where like it's five percent, but it's also one of those ones you're not chugging. Like you no. can mm. sit, you're yes. sipping on it. You're, 
we're sitting on it. So again, like around a, a family dinner or a Thanksgiving dinner, I was like, you're just instead of chugging beers around. The family, exactly. Yeah. Kind of just. No, it's sipping a good, it. It's a good fall beer of like. 45, 50, there's a little crisp in the air. Yep. Like you said. Burgers. Um, yeah, burgers, yeah. It's a good Sunday mm. fun day beer. <laughs> and then Smoke and Dagger would be good for the colder ones, because yep. it's got a little more roastiness to yeah. it. So. Ah, yes. And since we're getting to the end of Scotchtober, it would be... Uh, Miss if we don't Rich, do settle down over there. Dude. I just like I saw the color coming out of the bottle. Oh. Keep it together. The man. darkest of ambers. All right. So, what is the traditional season for Scotch Ale? Year round, I guess. Um, <laughs> it's always cold enough in Scotland to, to make yeah. beers. So, um, I feel like we see more of them in the fall, and then Berkshire does theirs. In like <laughs> February, Wait, I'm pretty sure they discontinue theirs there at this point. But yeah, I don't think there's a there's a traditional season for it. But it's definitely more of a fall winter beer. Oh my god, the nose! Mm. It's better than I remembered. <laughs> oh man, it's so good, and we don't carry. Dirty bastard, do we? We do now. I brought, I brought, I brought it in. It's a good, it's a delicious beer. It doesn't sell that well, but screw it. Like, <laughs> but it's one of those ones. If, could, like, if you turn to... somebody onto it, oh yeah, it, it's just like a domino effect. Yeah, like I mean, I you... would never walk into a store and look on wall one. I'm not like, I go to the cooler, straight to the cooler. I'm never yep. really looking on the warm shelf because when I go into the liquor store, I'm usually looking for cold beer to bring to my buddy's house yes. for, for football or something like that. But this is one of the ones you see on the warm shelf. You get your cold beer, you bring home. Mm. You grab this too. You can stick one in that you don't even need this to be cold. Oh no! Like this isn't ice cold. It was only in the cooler for what an hour, maybe. Yeah, two yeah hours, that's, so. that's all you need. But this is just such a, like the other one we just had. It's just a different style of beer. It's not an IPA. It's not anything juicy, hazy. It's just so. What flavorful. makes it Scotch ale? Um. Traditionally, the Scottish breweries copied the English breweries, okay. which is just, that's just history yep. 101 right there. Um, and Scottish ales, so there's Scottish ales, and it was basically um, varying degrees of alcohol and color, starting at 60 shilling, because they used to go on shillings. 60 shilling, mm. 70 shilling, 80 shilling, 90 shilling. And I think once you got to 80 shilling or 90 shilling, one of the two, it became a Scotch ale. More colloquially. Um, it's just you hit that level of alcohol and darkness. And um, and then the one above Scotch Ale is We Heavy. Um, which is just even more. Like, it's just varying degrees. Like, uh, the, and, and uh, all the 60, 70, and 80 shillings are... There might be a handful of Scotch breweries that still do them. But for the most part, those, those are all gone. Like, 60 shilling would be 3.2%, like, very light amber colored, very sessionable. Um, so that's the history behind Scotch Ales. Um, they mimic more of like a English barley wine, but toned down a little bit more. Okay. Um, English barley wines are more hopped because they need to survive more voyages than the Scottish version of it. So the Scotch Ales tend to be more maltier. I just... 
chocolate note in the back of that. Mm. It always reminds me of like wet leaves. Mm. Like in a good way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like when you're a kid and you're kind of walking home from school and kicking up like yeah. wet leaves, like yeah. that smell that the smell that kind of permeates your palate, like that's what it reminds me of. Like that's fall. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just unreal. And it's one of those it's not smoked. There's no smoke in it, but there's definitely a taste of smoke. Mm-hmm. More reason to explore the multi side. There's more to more to beer than, and this is beating a dead horse a million times. There's more than IPAs. There's more than sours, kettle sours. There's more than just imperial stouts. I feel like those are the three styles. If we just carried those, we'd sell the same amount of beer. But other styles worth looking into: smoked log, smoked German lagers, Scotch ales, just anything with malt in it. I don't know why Americans hate multi beers so much, but they are fantastic. Because they can't drink them fast. It's like the whole, like that's the yep. whole thing. It's like people just want to drink beers and get drunk instead of enjoying a beer. Mm-hmm. It's just like... Yeah, I feel like that's the thing. Like You don't want that ice cold either. Like No. Not, if it was too cold, you wouldn't get all that, that flavor, flavor yeah. out of it. Right, exactly. exactly. It would just like ice right over your palate mm-hmm. almost. It would just like slip off your palate. Mm. And a style that can... I wouldn't necessarily age scotch ales or this beer in general, but... You don't have to drink them fresh. You can drink them a year old, and mm-hmm. that just a little bit of oxidation would open it up yep. a little bit more. So, Clint. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> 